Hello, church, and happy Easter to you. It is truly a joy to celebrate this day with you. Now, I want you to respond with the phrase, he is risen indeed. Are you ready for this? He is risen. One more time. He is risen. That's right. Can we thank God for this day and what we celebrate? I want you to think about this statement, the power of a single moment. Just think about that. The power of a single moment. I think it's fair to say that we have all been touched in life by the power of a single moment. Perhaps it was when you went to a new school or you walk through a graduation. Maybe it's when you got a new job, or perhaps when you received the promotion that you had been waiting for for so long. And that was a moment in time, and you're marked by that. Perhaps it was a wedding day, or maybe it was when you held your first child. Or maybe it was a great family vacation. See, all of these moments mark us and we remember them. The good moments as well as the challenging moments. The power of a single moment. On this holiest of Sundays, Christians around the world celebrate a single moment. It's the empty grave when a Jewish peasant from the first century came back to life and everything changed. And here's what's interesting about that single moment. Christianity hinges on this event. Jesus coming back to life and no longer being in the tomb, our faith rests on this single moment in history. Perhaps it's this single moment that brought you here today. And you would say you believe in God and you follow Jesus. Happy Easter to you. This is a special day. It really is. Maybe you're here because it's the Holy Week thing to do and you would say you're okay with Jesus, but following him really doesn't describe the current trajectory of your life. Happy Easter. I hope you find something today that encourages you and perhaps even challenges you to move a little bit closer to the one who gave his all for you. Maybe you're here because you were invited by someone or perhaps you were made to come today. Happy Easter to you. Be curious, okay? Be curious as we move through our time. And here's why I say that. It's because something happened on that Sunday so many years ago that caused a group of adherents who were fearful to move away from their fear and doubt and begin a movement that changed the world and is indeed still changing the world. Something happened on that Sunday so many years ago that caused this group to become a force of goodness. Something happened on that Sunday 
that caused these individuals to give their lives for Jesus and even sacrifice everything for him because he came back to life. I believe that something that moved all of them was the resurrection of Jesus. He lives. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. It's God saying, I'm here today. And guess what? I'm here tomorrow as well. The power of a single moment. See, Easter is more than a three-day experience topped off with the miraculous event of someone coming back to life who was clearly dead. It's more than that. The story of Jesus and the story of Easter is a continuous narration of God being with us. And that's his presentation. Right? Jesus being born. Emmanuel, God with us. He's here. But Jesus' death and resurrection, God is communicating the same thing. I'm still here. Now, some may say, Jesus, he's here today and gone tomorrow because he's dead. But that's not reality. And that's not what we find in Luke chapter 24. If you have your Bible or your device with you, I would encourage you to join me in this glorious passage of Scripture. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. I'm going to begin reading with verse 13 in just a moment. Before that, though, I want to set up what's happening in verses 1 through 12. Again, Luke presents for us. God's here today, and he's here tomorrow because Jesus lives. So here's what's happening in the first 12 verses. A group of Jesus followers go to the tomb of Jesus on that Sunday so many years ago, and they were going to care for the body, the dead body of Jesus. They had no real expectation that he would be gone or that he would even be alive. They were bringing with them burial spices to care for a broken and dead body. And Luke tells us when they get there, they're met by an angel who said, he's not here. His body is not here. He is risen. And why are you surprised and shocked by this? Because he said this was going to happen. Jesus told you, I'm going to die and I will come back to life. So why are you so surprised? He's not here. He's not here. Well, as you can imagine, this energized the followers. And so they ran back to tell the rest of the group, you're not going to believe this, but we met some angels and the body of Jesus isn't there. They told us that he is risen. The power of a single moment. Meanwhile, the living Jesus is doing this. We find it starting with verse 13. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem, As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, get this, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. He, Jesus, asked them, 
What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness clearly written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, Hey, buddy, (laughs) you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. Like, where have you been? Where have you been? Now, I want to pause there and just think about something unique to this particular conversation. In antiquity, it wasn't uncommon for people to travel in pairs for the sake of safety. And they would often welcome strangers to join them, especially if they were friendly. So that was a normal thing to be traveling along, to be discussing and have people join you because there was more safety in numbers. That's kind of odd for us. If we're traveling and we stop somewhere and a stranger talks to us, we're not comfortable with that. That's a little odd. But in this culture, that wasn't strange at all. So here are these two dejected followers. The dream's over. And along comes a stranger, and it's very normal that they would talk to him. Verse 19, what things have happened, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. And that's what happened. They crucified him. We had hoped. I want you to hear that and feel that a little bit. Just the pain in their lives right now. We had hoped he was the Messiah. We thought he was the one who had come to rescue Israel. We thought he was the one to come and save us. That's what we thought. And this all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning. And they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see. And sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. Now, to me, this is really fascinating right here because they knew that some women had gone to the tomb to care for the dead body of Jesus, and they heard the report. They came back. There was an angel there, and the body of Jesus is gone, and the angel said he's alive, and they knew that others had gone and had confirmed all of this, but yet these dejected followers are still moving away from Jerusalem. Dream is over. One would think if they were a couple of conspiracy theorists that they would be all over that information. Like, oh, we remember Jesus talking about this a little bit. And yeah, the events of these last few days have been really dramatic and we watched him brutally murdered, but we remember him talking about coming back to life. We better get in on this. We need to go and see. We need to check this out for ourselves. But that's not what is happening at all. Instead, they hear all of that and they pack it up and move away from the center of activity where Jesus had lived and died 
and they're on their way to Emmaus. They're traveling back home. See, Emmaus represents the distance between hopes and the harsh reality of life. And they want some distance between what they had hoped would occur. Jesus, he would be this Messiah, and it didn't happen. People don't come back to life after they've been dead. I love what author Tyler Statton says about these two that were traveling on the road. This isn't a couple of unwavering dreamers looking for a reason to keep the faith. This is a couple of realists dealing with the death of their rabbi and symbolically the death of their hope. It's over for them. It's over, even with a little bit of good news there. They're putting distance between what they had hoped would occur and the harsh reality of life. Let me ask you this. Have you ever found yourself on a road to Emmaus? Discouraged? All hope gone? Something didn't work out the way you wanted? And you find yourself putting distance between those dashed hopes and the harsh reality of life because life can be so harsh. Have you ever been there? Then certainly you can identify with these travelers. The story continues to unfold in verse 25. Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures, and this would have been the Old Testament scriptures. So Jesus just begins to walk through the history of Israel, which would have been familiar to them. Oh, we know that. We're familiar with that. And he explains from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He basically walked them through the gospel. Which the gospel is the story of Israel as resolved in the story of Jesus. And that's what he begins to do. Let's go back and review everything that's been written. And he gave them the gospel, the story of Israel as resolved in the story of him. Like I'm here with you and I'm alive. But they don't see it quite yet. Verse 28. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. The power of a single moment. Can you imagine this scene? Another part of their culture was to be very hospitable to strangers and even to enemies. That was a value to them. And it's something that they practiced regularly. 
So here are these two sojourners. They've given up on their hopes and they're just returning to a new way of life without their rabbi, without the Messiah, without Jesus. And the journey is ending. It's evening. No doubt they've been walking a long time. They're probably hungry, so they did the proper thing. They invited this stranger into their home. We need to feed you. And it's late. Why don't you stay with us? And so Jesus enters into that home. But something changed here. In antiquity, the host would be the one who would provide food, who would serve, who would break the bread. Jesus, though, assumes that role here. And that's when I think things became really clear to them. Like, wow, we remember that. We remember the breaking of bread. And we remember him doing that. Scholar Craig Keener states it this way, by breaking and giving bread to them, Jesus takes the role usually held by the head of the household, which he had exercised among his disciples. And I think it's in this moment they know it's him. It's him. It's him and he's alive. Verse 32 Here's how they responded. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Like we knew there was something really unique about him. Our hearts were burning and within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them. Wow. The power of a single moment. And actually what we find here in Luke chapter 24 is that there are several moments just back to back to back where their eyes are now opened and they understand it's him. It's him. It's him. How interesting that in the busyness of everything Jesus had to do, after he came back to life and was brutally beaten, after all of that, he takes the time, right? To get right next to a couple of doubters, a couple of skeptics. And he breaks bread with them and they get it. They get it. Jesus does the same for all of us. And this is why we celebrate him and why we need him. Here's our big idea. And I want you just to consider this one single word as you walk through the rest of your day and as you celebrate this Easter. Here it is. It's the word remember. Remember. Remember all of this. And everything, hopefully, you have been thinking about for the last few days and during this holy week. Remember what Jesus walked through for you. Remember what he endured for you. Remember his sacrifice for you. Remember his death for you. And remember his resurrection and personalize all of that because it's for you. It's for you. Remember and allow your heart to burn within you again. Just allow Jesus to stir all of that inside of you.
Because he lives. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He does. Are you feeling discouraged? Depressed? Having a hard time seeing through the fog of life? Then remember and allow your heart to be stirred with the story of Easter. Are you feeling angry for some reason? That life just isn't going your way. Then remember and allow your heart to be stirred with the story of Easter. Are you feeling isolated? Then remember and allow your heart to be stirred with the story of Easter. Are you wondering about Jesus and can, can he really offer something to you? Does he have a way to help your life? Then remember and allow your heart to be stirred with the story of Easter. Remember the power of a single moment. Remember and allow all of this to just stir your heart. I have two takeaways for two different groups here today. Number one, if you have trusted in Jesus, allow his resurrection, allow this single moment to awaken your heart because he lives. He lives. He lives. And if you find yourself on the road to Emmaus, which again represents that distance between your hope and the harsh reality of life, this is a day to come back to him. Come back to him. Allow him to break bread with you and reveal himself so you once again can get really close and walk with him. Allow that stirring to happen in your heart. So if you have trusted in Jesus, allow his resurrection to awaken you once again. He lives. He lives. He lives. Here's the second takeaway. If you have never trusted in Jesus, be curious. Be curious right now and throughout the rest of this day and the rest of this week. Be curious because with this single moment in history, Jesus brought deliverance and he invites you to trust. Back to the big idea. Remember. Remember what Jesus has done for you and what he offers to you and allow that to awaken and stir in your heart. May it cause our hearts to burn within us because of remembering the sacrifice of Jesus and what he did for us that we never could have accomplished on our own. Remember. Remember. Because he lives. He is risen. He is risen. Father, we come before you and we are so thankful for this day and for what it means and for what it represents, for how we choose to celebrate. And as we talked about in our big idea, to remember. God, I just pray for everyone here in the room and everyone watching online that you would 
indeed stir in our hearts. Awaken our souls with what you have accomplished and what you have done. Scripture tells us that Jesus personally carried the load of our sins in his own body when he died on the cross. God, that's something we couldn't do on our own. We couldn't, and Jesus took our sin and carried it to the cross. And today we're thinking about how he didn't remain in the tomb. Death could not defeat him. He did the impossible. And he came back to life, conquering death and assuring us if we trust in him and his work that we can have a forever friendship with you, God, our Father. So yes, this is a really special day, God. And we thank you for what you enacted on our behalf. Help us now to remember and be stirred within. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. What is God whispering into your heart right now? What is he saying to you? What is he asking of you? Listen to that. That prompting. And then just say to him, God, here's what I'm hearing you say to me right now. On this Resurrection Sunday, here's what I hear you saying to me. Just talk to him. Maybe you're here and the thought of trusting in Jesus alone makes a little more sense to you. Maybe it's coming together for you in this moment. And God's kind of tugging on your heart. Trust in me. Trust in me because my son lives and he sacrificed his life for you and for your sins to cover that. And he offers to you the gift of life and a forever friendship with him. If that stirring is occurring in your life and you've never trusted in Jesus before, I would encourage you from your heart to his ears, just cry out to him and say, God, I'm trusting in Jesus alone to rescue me. And I'm not going to add anything to that because There's nothing I can add. Jesus did it all for me, and I'm embracing that and trusting that right now. Just thank God the Father for rescuing you. Tell him that you're trusting in his leadership and forgiveness.
you've communicated this to God today, I want to say congratulations to you. I believe this will be your greatest Easter ever because you have a forever friend in God, someone who will not leave you or forget about you. You've just walked through the power of a moment. Father, we praise you. We thank you and we respond to your greatness. You who sent your only son to die in our place. The story doesn't end there. Death could not defeat him. He did the impossible. He came back to life. We celebrate that today. So God, I pray that you would just do a stirring in all of our hearts now. Whether we're believers or skeptics or somewhere in between, God, stir in all of our hearts with what you have accomplished on our behalf. And may it cause us to run to you as we remember. And may our hearts just burn within us. We pray this now in the name of our resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.